Hey folks, and welcome to another episode of the Creator Toolbox. This is all about the nuts and bolts behind a creator business. Now, I've got, we've got, we've got our first inaugural, is that the right word? Inaugural, I always think inaugural is a first, is that right? I think so. <laughs> I think it is. No one's disagreeing with me. Our inaugural guest on the Creator Toolbox. So I've got Jacob, as always. How are you doing, Jacob? Doing pretty good. Good, good. But we've also got Ian, Ian Anderson Gray. How are you, Ian? I'm doing really well. Yeah, I'm, I've, I didn't realise I was the inaugural. How do you even pronounce that word? Inaugural. That's it. Yeah. Whatever it is. As I said it, I was unsure I was exactly correct and what it means. So uh, no, I can understand not pronouncing it. But I think it's definitely. I think it is the right word. It's it's like words like phenomenon or phenomenological. Those kind of words that I really struggle because <laughs> you, you, I make up syllables. Yeah. 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 You just add so a couple extra letters. Yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, Ian, you are a, a prolific creator. Always have been, haven't you? You've got um, a really good blog over at, e- I, I can never say e i a g, isn't it? IAG.me. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. IAG.me. Yeah. It's a great domain. Uh, you also really run, jealous. You also create. Yeah, so good, so good. Um, but you've also got a great uh, YouTube channel and a podcast that you run. So um, yeah, tell us a bit more. What, what's your kind of focus of the stuff that you do these days in terms of creating? Yeah, it's it's changed a little bit over the years. I mean, when I, I actually started the blog back in 2011, it was just as a bit of fun, really. It didn't have any business kind of thoughts. Um, I just went down a rabbit hole of curiosity. And at the time, I was really interested in social media you know, this was yeah and tools particularly like hootsuite uh that were making life easy for us supposedly so i started blogging about that and that really took off and i was really surprised and then it was in 2016 when facebook live came out it was really difficult in those days to to live stream you had to use complicated software and one thing that's always annoyed me is when software developers make a, something really complicated. I, I just can't stand it. And so I tried to find ways to make it easier. So I started to looking at live video. And so these days, my focus still is on, it's on social media, live video, the technical side of things, but also confidence and communication is another thing because my background actually I trained as a professional singer. So it's... Um, a mixture of those things on on the blog and, and everything that I do really. Um, yeah. So yeah, excellent, really great cool. stuff. I just always seen so many cool things coming out of your uh, your world. So yeah, thanks for contributing to the world in that way. Oh yeah, yeah. and I love the the singing as well. Like you've uh, I've seen you singing at events. Uh, so uh, yeah, it's always been good and entertaining that way as well. <laughs> well, it's fun. It's funny because like in the early days, I was. I didn't really want to mention it to anyone because I yeah. felt that I needed to be, you know, just this one thing. Like I was in the social media, live video person. And I think we quite often do that. We have other things of interest in our lives. And I I was trying to kind of compartmentalize those things. And then I realized like, actually, that's what makes me perhaps unique and my people might be interested in that. And mm-hmm. actually that really helps me approach live video in a, a unique way. So I, th- I think maybe it's, you know, some, somebody was talking to me earlier about the importance of embracing our own weirdness. And so maybe that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. People love a wiggly path. <laughs> I think uh, it gives a lot of people confidence to come from so many different things. Like that, I mean, that's, that's quite a, uh, that's quite a good leap to go to be, to go to be fair. Like it's all, it's all sort of, speaking voice kind of skills but yeah i think it gives people um it gives people a lot of confidence to see a, a, a non-standard sort of start to to something completely different i always really like that yeah <laughs> definitely excellent all right shall we jump into the tools then so we'll give our guests since it's first time round, ian trying out our first ever guest you can get the uh, the initial tool what have you got for us first ever tool of the week from a guest go for it well, it's a tool that I assume I think you use because you've given me like the show notes in this, and it's Notion. Yeah. Um, and like I, I've been spending the last um, two or three years really focusing on tools to help me to be more organised. And sometimes tools can actually make you less organised because <laughs> you can just spend too much time 
um, with them and not actually on, on helping them help you. And Notion sometimes has that um, downside in that it, you can spend so much time making it look beautiful uh, that you don't actually allow it to help you. But Notion has helped me in so many different ways. It helps me organize my podcasts, my, my actual podcast that I create, and my YouTube videos. But the other thing is like being a hope, being sorry, being a guest on a podcast like today. I I went through a point of forgetting all the podcasts that I've been a guest on. Um, but now I have a database in Notion, which lists all the times I've been a, a guest on a podcast and I can just go through them and, oh yeah, back in back in 2016, I was on this podcast. And uh, I've got that linked with my, sorry, I've spent too much time on this, but with my CRM, my, um, so I've got a CRM in there so I can then link it with, with them as well. Um, and I was speaking with um, a friend of mine at, at, a, at an event about a few years ago, and I said, when did we first meet? I'm sure it was at this conference. He said, oh, no, I don't think it was. And he just, he got his uh, CRM out. He said, oh, yes, it was at New Media Europe back in 2015 is where we met. I thought, How, that's amazing, because he, he had a, a list of everyone he met at all the conferences. So I've I've put that in there as well. So I've got a list of all my conferences that I've been to, all the events, and I've linked it all up. So it's just a great way of linking lots of different information together. And uh, it's basically become my second brain. Um, or you could argue my first brain, because my first brain maybe doesn't work very well. But it, it's, it's a great way of me being able to not have to remember everything. I can just go in there. I've got I've got my SOPs in there, my standard operating procedures. So basically, the kind of stuff that I do in my business that my assistants work on and I work on, we've got it all in there listed. Um, it's it's great. And it's now got yeah. a bit of AI built in there too as well. So yeah, yeah. Notion. I've been, I've been using that a bit for um, for just to replace ChatGPT actually for a few different things because mm. of the AI they've built into it now. It's so useful. But yeah, we, we are like a hugely Notion using team as well. We use Notion for just about all of our logging of yeah. everything from like projects to simple notes to to everything. Um, like the plan for this. In fact, the guest guide that I sent you before the show, that was on no a public yeah. Notion page, which I think is yeah. really cool. Like it's actually a way to publish a really simple web site basically uh that you can update really easily um down to the the show notes for ourselves all that kind of stuff so yeah totally get that yeah i think this links a bit to what you're going to talk about jacob doesn't it that phrase that yeah and it, and it really directly as well <laughs> <laughs> so that was cool to hear <laughs> yeah, yeah totally so yeah that's great all right notion i think do you think it's well known well used at the moment ian like i'm not even sure i, I use it so much and have done for ages but is it is it very widely used? Yeah, well, this is the funny thing, isn't it? I think so many of us go to the likes of YouTube and we watch endless tutorials because we want to learn these things. And then we kind of, we watch it so many times and we see so many content creators producing tutorials about it that we uh, we just assume everyone knows about these things. Uh, but, but you're right. I don't think it's as well known as it should be. I, I mean, there's, I was talking with a, a a friend of mine at an event um, about the capabilities of Notion, and they it was just they were just blown away because there's one there's a guy called um, Thomas Frank who is this uber geeky Notion content creator, and he's built this system or he's, he, he's this kind of process where you can effectively speak a voice note into your phone. So I did this when I was at the event. I just recorded what I've been doing that day. So who I've met, where I am, what I've been doing. And then what this does, it sends it to, to Dropbox. It then, uh, I think it uses a, a tool like Zapier. To, it to then sends that to the Whisper API from ChatGPT to transcribe it into text. Then it sends that to ChatGPT and you get this fully, fully amazing kind of like um, transcript summary of, of your day, who you've met, where you've been, and it puts that into Notion using the uh, the API. Amazing. And it's just amazing. Uh, it's just <laughs> a great way of being able to organize, uh, well, organize your life, but make sense of things as well. So um, that's not technically, that, that 
okay, it uses Notion at the end, but it uses all these other services as well. So I'm, I'm a big fan of not just use just using one tool, but using other tools to complement it. And so, yeah, this, that kind of blew this person away when I told them about that. And most people haven't used Notion. I think some people who have discovered Notion are put off because they they open it and, and they watch a few YouTube videos. Mm. And some of the YouTubers, I think, spend so much time on making it look beautiful uh, mm. without actually thinking about the functionality behind it. And I, re I went down that route. And what I then decided, I'm not going to worry at all about making it beautiful. I'm going to just use it in a practical way. Just think about the relations between the databases. Once I've done that and I'm happy with it, I can then spend time making it look beautiful. But <laughs> I think that's a common problem with Notion. Yeah. There's a yeah, serious amount of business around building on. templates as well. Like there's a like there's a lot of people making actually quite a lot of money selling these. It's like you say, you you, you spin up a new Notion document or a new Notion account or whatever, and it's it's almost anxiety inducing having a blank page because you've got so much that you know you want to get out of your brain <laughs> <laughs> and then not really knowing actually yeah. kind of like how to build all the scaffolding around it. Um yeah, there's uh yeah, it's it's, it's quite an interesting yeah. wee area. It is. And actually, I've, I've bought a few of these. What I found, though, with the templates that I bought is that I didn't end up using them because they were very specific to the way this person's brain worked. But what I, I still think it was worth me buying them because I could then look under the look under the hood. That's an American phrase, isn't it? Anyway, look under yeah. the bonnet, I should say. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and uh, like work out how they did it and then implement it into my system. So my, my recommendation was, is... Yes, get inspired by other people, but just build it yourself. Start simple, because I mean, this is not what I did to begin with. But then I then I did. I said, right, no, stop it, Ian. Don't overcomplicate it. You're going to keep it simple. So I started with just a very simple. When I say a CRM, it was just a list of all the people I knew, and then I started. Oh, let's have an events database of all the events I've been to. Oh. Let's link the two together because there's this really cool thing called relations where you can link the two together. Uh, and then over time, I've just built it. And um, yeah, it's great. I don't That's have really to cool. remember anything anymore. I just go to my Notion database. <laughs> just search. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. Well, on that note, what about yours, Jacob? I think there's, there's, uh, you've got something very similar. <laughs> well, well, not similar, but related. I lead on from that probably. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I had no idea what Ian was going to talk about, so this was not planned. But what I was going to um, bring to talk about today is the the para method, P A R A. Now that is as yeah. part of foundational in building a in a second brain, according to um, this guy who I think has popularized the whole idea. Really, called Tiago Forti, um, and I'll talk him about him a little bit more later. Um, so the idea behind this sort of method is like, we all have so many different note-taking apps. Like I know like, I just kind of, I snapped last week. I was like, I have, I have Apple notes. I've got notion. I've got random Google docs. I've got scraps of paper. And it's like, I effectively probably do have a second brain, but don't ask me to find anything. Cause it'll take me a week. <laughs> so it's like, right. I've seen a lot about this. Whole, yeah. I know it's ridiculous. <laughs> so I'd seen a lot of talk about this kind of second brain malarkey and I'd, and I'd heard uh, Tiago and seen some of the things that he was talking about. It was like, right, well, this, this guy seems to have some pretty good ideas. Um, and like the main selling point is it's just a system. And it doesn't mean that you have to, um, stick to one place. So you might have an ocean, you might have an Evernote, but you have the same structure. In every place and it like that is kind of very core that's really what it is so it from from top to bottom from p to a it's um projects areas resources and then an archive so i've i've started building this out already i started this um a couple days ago um after spending a bit of time kind of getting immersed and figuring out what it was all about and it's already been wonderful. So the idea is that from, from top to bottom, it's the most actionable to least actionable. Your archive is just like kind of cold storage. That's either resources or projects that are just no longer relevant or active, but you still want to kind of keep a hold of them. You know, you want to be able to reference them later. Like we're in a day and age where you don't really need to delete anything. So why would you? But it keeps it from cluttering. Your projects at, back at the top, um, that is things with like a really specific sort of um, a, a, an end, a beginning, and a goal, essentially. Um, your areas, and it's, well, projects, that might be something like um, season one of this podcast. 
you know, so we know what it is that we want to achieve. We know roughly how long it's going to take and then everything to do with that. My idea, what I'm trying to do just now and kind of build it from scratch is I'd like to have all my resources in a database and I can assign them to different projects because I might need the same resource in multiple different places. Um, your areas or things are active all the time. So that might be your finance, your health. Um, it might be uh, businesses that you run. Um, things are basically just going to go on forever, but you, you need to, you know, you know, kind of need to keep t- track of them as well. And then resources. So that's that the, that the categories. Yeah. Kind of. I to think. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's okay. like the, the, it's things that you need to do all the time, but you might not have a, um, a really specific sort of list of tasks in order to complete it. It can never quite be completed, if you know what I mean. So it's always going to okay, yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. be right. there. Okay, got it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's it. And your resources, that's, I mean, that's essentially just a wiki for yourself on whatever interests you. It might be um, sort of just random little bits of information, organized still, not just like a kind of big list of, of documents, but it might be organized into history, into philosophy. It might be design. It might be different sort of categories of inspiration for different things. Um, and I, I, I'm just having a total ball kind of going through this and, and geeking out over it. And I'm just really happy to have found <laughs> a, a system that like I can, I can just, I can replicate this everywhere and I know I'm going to be able to find everything. So yeah, that's, uh, that's my thing, um, for this week. And, uh, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll probably talk a little bit more about the wider second brain idea as I go, but that's as far as I've gotten and I'm, I'm already delighted. So, <laughs> mm. Yeah. <laughs> so what are you building it in then? What's the uh, what's the house for this? Notion. Yeah. I I looked at another tool Notion. called Obsidian, which I kind of got a bit interested by. I don't know if maybe you've heard of this, Ian. Um it's, it's called obsidian.md and it's like an open source you save the documents on your own device, but you can sort of sync them across devices. Um the big thing that really interested me was for uh sort of information synthesis synthesis yeah um it it makes like a sort of graph of all the connections so it might be all the different resources that are used in all your different projects or all the different projects that are sort of parts of pushing forward your different areas and it builds out this sort of visual graph with these nodes connecting them and i thought that's really cool i'm going to spend way too long trying to make the graph look pretty and to build the databases you actually have to write sql you have to write sql you have to query your databases and i was like that is just so counterproductive that is not what i need to be doing i already quite like notion we'll just uh yeah (laughs) we'll stick with that (laughs) maybe later i've got annoying thing is you've got these people telling you like oh it's the the ultimate sort of flexibility but sometimes too much flexibility is just not a good thing in my opinion in one little bit of structure notion's already very flexible that'll do me (laughs) (laughs) yeah agreed (laughs) i came across tiago forte's great great guy and he's um i've watched a lot of videos on him and, and he's I think he is a no. He's he's more of an Evernote guy, I think. But he's he is, one yeah. of the the things I like about him is that he 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 doesn't lock you into one particular mm-hmm. tool or platform. So he, mm-hmm. he kind of like whatever works for you, and I think that's right. Yeah. In fact, there's a video he produced where it kind of is the 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 tool that you use depends on your kind of your personality, and I think he yeah. talks about what you might be a gardener, you know, and uh, right. so you if you're kind of more into the creative like then maybe notions for you. But if you're more like Obsidian or whatever it's called, sounds like mm. Minecraft. There's, I'm sure there's some kind of <laughs> thing in Minecraft to do with that because my son's massively into it. Uh, th- then you probably, if you've got like a really hardcore geeky kind of brain and you, and you and you love nothing other than writing SQL statements, then that's obviously the one for you. See, it's just kind of working out the best setup for you. And and yeah, yeah. I, 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 I have looked at the power method I think I'm not quite ready for it in in yet, but I've I've got my eye on it, and it's something mm-hmm. that I really love the idea of because it it for many of us I don't know about it for you, Colin, but you know it can be a, a, a the whole all our files can be a bit of a mess, you know, because so many of us are you know we're either just using our normal computer like desktop or whatever, or we're uh, we might be using Dropbox or Google Drive or a combination, and I I'm using Dropbox, Google Drive. Uh, and all these different places and and like where do I put that and it, and it's even like with social media like um 
like so I, I know somebody left me a message someone said me sent something to me that was really important did they send it to me via email was it a was it a Facebook message? Was it Slack? Inboxes. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, ah. Um, so it, it's having a having a, a process and a methodology that helps you with all these things is is yeah. definitely the way forward. Yeah, I love it. I'm I'm um prone to thinking about these kind of things as well. And I've looked at the power method, I've looked at a bunch of them. I went deep on it with Evernote maybe five, six years ago. Um, not para, so it was a different one, but it was a similar kind of concept, I suppose. Uh, and it, I have to admit, it just fell apart in three, four, or five months. <laughs> I didn't look at <laughs> it again. But that would be my, that was my uh, disorganized brain, Jacob. I'm sure you'll stick to para very well. Um, Time will tell. But uh, it looks like there's plenty of Notion templates out there for para as well, looking in the background here. So, yeah, lots of starting points. <laughs> All right, I'll jump into one of mine. Uh, I've got a similar one. This is a kind of, um, maybe a shorter one, but another kind of mindset productivity uh, tool for creators, something I use. One of the biggest things I find that people come to us and say or struggle with in podcasting or the biggest killer of podcasting even potentially is consistency, I think. Mm. The fact that podcasting content in general um blogging any any content really it's about getting out every single week learning from what you've put out every single week getting a little bit better every single week and then you know three four six twelve months down the line you start to hit that tipping point where people find your stuff and you're actually quite good at what you do but actually doing it consistently is the trouble one of the things that I think help people helps people the most and it helps with our content here at the podcast host it helps with my personal projects everything is actually just the whole concept of time blocking um and planning out weeks and I've shown this to people before in the past and it's always something that um people kind of um look askance at me at because it looks like I kind of overplan my weeks but I actually really like it and it evolved over the years um in the early days I actually had a spreadsheet it was a um an Excel sheet where I would time block every single hour of my day. And by time blocking, what I mean is you have this template which actually has um, places in the week for certain types of work. So not necessarily a task, but a certain type of work. So let's say Wednesday morning, 9am to 11am was blogging. And then 11am to 12pm was social media. And then 12 till 1 was lunch. And then 1 to 3, let's say, was community work. And so every block of the day has a certain type of work that you do and that happens every single week so thursday morning two hours would always be my podcasting time and then at the start of the week you actually fill in these blocks with the specific tasks so i would go and say all right so the blogging slot what blog post i want to actually write this week what podcast i want to write this week and then you'd fill in that template week with the actual tasks that you have on your list And I would do that every single Monday morning. That was always my routine was to write a little journal and then fill in my time blocked plan for the week. I found in the early days, those hours tended to be too strict. So it was, it was almost more stressful because I would end up rolling over. I would go past the hour and I wouldn't have finished the thing I was supposed to have finished. I'd be like, oh no, it's terrible. Um, And it would, it would all just go awry and it would stress me out too much. So I ended up Uh, having blocks which were more just a stack of tasks so first thing on a Tuesday I would always do a podcast however long that took but I know roughly it'll be an hour to two so that means I can put another maybe roughly two hour block in after that so maybe some SEO work or something like that and I would maybe have three blocks in a day that I could then fit in but the key point is that each type of work so podcasting I know I want to do a podcast every single week has a slot in this schedule that I'm going to fill in. So it's always there every single week and I can't miss it because this is the priority. I've set this as my priority and so I do it. Now, these days I've kind of evolved to an almost even less specific method whereby I'll generally just have two half days. So I... Um, I arrange to do one thing in the morning on a Tuesday and one thing in the afternoon on a Tuesday. And it's always the same things every single time. So we've always got the Creator Toolbox recording, for example. Uh, Well, we were doing it on Friday mornings. Uh, We're doing it a couple of different ways with guests now. But, you know, you always had that in the calendar. So that was kind of how I think about it. It comes a little bit from uh, Cal Newport's work around deep work. Really good book to read. 
or in deep work like the sort of trouble with context switching and stuff like that so not wanting to you know switch between different things making sure you're blocking out work to actually at time to do sort of bigger projects that kind of stuff but there's a few things in there it works for me anyway doing it that way um is that something that resonates with you guys anything do you do anything similar yeah that's really interesting <clears throat> um I, I'm trying to do something like that at the moment, uh, and it's so I so I'm I'm actually using I sh probably should use Notion for this, but I'm actually using Todoist for kind of everyday tasks. And I really like Todoist actually. Yeah, it's, it's just simple, yeah. and I am going to use Notion for my podcasts and show tasks to separate that out because that's a lot more kind of in depth. But Todoist is just really simple and. Uh, so with that, you can have different, I think it's tags. I'm trying to use the right terminology. I think you can tag you. So I've, I've got different types of, of work that I do. So it could be content creation. It could be emails. It could be financial, like zero or whatever tool you use for your bookkeeping. Um, and so I, I, I have it that way. And then in, in my calendar, I will block off, well, this time is for email and social media management or this time is for content creation. And I think there's definitely something in, we get, I think we could get to understand the different times of day are better for certain things. Like, so for me, content creation in the morning or creative stuff is the, that's the best time for me. Uh, whereas maybe email and the more kind of inane stuff is maybe later on. I, I don't know. Yeah. We're all different and you have to work out what's best for you. So I do find that, helpful but the problem that i have and this it goes down to what you were saying colin and that we're all different is that some weeks that works perfect but some weeks it goes completely out the window and it's <laughs> yeah. because i've gone down a rabbit hole and maybe we can talk about this later um but i think it this system needs to be flexible enough that sometimes you know what it's okay just yeah. it's just a guide and if it, if it works some weeks that's great um but Certainly for the non-negotiable stuff, I think that's really important. And this is one concern that I've got with my podcast because I did my podcast. I started off, start, it started off as a live show that I would schedule and that forced me to do it. So that was it. I'm doing it this Tuesday, 2 p.m. I have to do it. The next series that I'm doing, I'm pre-recording it. So I'm going to do two, record two, two episodes with the guest and I'm already procrastinating because I'm, I haven't actually scheduled it. So yeah. I'm, I'm thinking in this circumstance, your technique with this, Colin, would be perfect because I have to do it. It's in the diary. But yeah, uh, yeah I don't know what you think. I, d I like that that thought, just the idea of the it, the priority. It's, it, it, people complain about not having the time for things, but you really not <laughs> yeah. don't have the time if, you, if it's not a priority. Like if, yeah. if, yeah, it's, yeah. if it's worthwhile to you, if you value something that you prioritize it, you do it first. It's the eat the frog principle, isn't it? Like, so I think that that was why the kind of the stack of tasks worked best for me in the end, because I think you're absolutely right, Ian. There's no, no point in making it so inflexible. It just ruins your mood. It makes you stressful. But if you've got a stack, you say, right, I'm going to do this thing first. I'm going to do this thing first. And in a way, it's like a task list. But I like the fact that you're scheduling it to certain days so that you kind of know. You turn up on a Tuesday morning, it takes away that indecision or that, you know, what should I do next? Uh, you know what you're supposed to do and it kind of gives you that little boss to work to. <laughs> yeah. Do you think people... Hey, Jacob. Well, I have a question. Do you think people already mm -hmm. time block more than they think they do? Because pretty much everyone mm -hmm. can fairly consistently, consistently take, for example, lunch at the same time of day. They have a routine in the morning mm -hmm. where they might answer their emails in the morning. And I think that it seems like quite a scary concept. I've fallen away a little bit from it, but I did do it for about six months pretty religiously um, last year. I'm going to get back to it, I think, because it is helpful. Um, I found that it was much more scary to think about and plan and think this is a big change to like how I live my life. But actually, when it came down to it, I already sort of had the structure there. I already had routines and things that took fixed amounts of time. And it was actually more just about sort of defining more of these blocks that already are kind of there 
And like you say, that that's that's the method that really worked for me, the, the stack of tasks, essentially. Yeah. And try to group tasks into related things because I find um, context switching really kills me. Like I need to, if I'm going to be working on um, email marketing, I need to do it for a morning or an afternoon. I can't do like a little bit here and then do something else and then start again in the afternoon. I just, I just totally lose efficiency. Um, so yeah, it's, it's, it's not as scary as it sounds. I think when, when you actually start to do it, it is something that um, you find you're quite familiar with already. Yeah. You already do it in weird and wonderful ways. Yeah. yeah. I, think that, I think the core difference between that and a task list is the fact that task lists always get bigger, don't they? You always get something that's a fire to fight or something that's high priority and it jumps onto the task list and you end up pushing it up a little bit. And so it pushes other things down. And the problem is our content always seems to end up being one of the things that's pushed down partly because of what you said there Ian it's the harder thing so it's easier to procrastinate over it partly because it never has a direct instant return so like you always think that the other thing has should go first but if you have it the task list kind of resets almost every day that you definitely have this thing at the top priority on a Tuesday or this thing's top priority on a Thursday as long as you get that done then by all means do whatever the hell else you like for the rest of the day but yeah, it's not, mm. I don't know. There's something around that kind of reset every day that I quite like about it. Yeah. I, yeah, I I, th- I think so. What, the other thing that I've... So it's really interesting you, you mentioned this, Carmen, because this is something that I've been working with my assistant. So actually my assistant puts in, looks at my tasks and actually puts placeholders in my calendar, kind of like what you're saying. So like Monday morning, it looks like Ian needs to focus on... She knows that content creating content in the morning is important and, and the email is in the afternoon. So she puts that in and then I go in and it's great with like the likes of Google calendar. Or I, I love fantastical, which is this uh, calendar tool for Mac. And you can kind of like just drag it around a little bit. You can say, Oh, actually I need a bit longer than an hour. I think so. So it's just good that they're already in the calendar. They're not perfect. And actually sometimes I'll just delete because I just don't need to focus on that. But it, I think it's just getting rid of that blank page thing. If you just look at your calendar and all you can see, it's either blank or you just got loads of meetings, then it, then you f- you can sometimes forget that you've got this big blog post to do or, or a live yeah. show or podcast <laughs> and you need it done by Thursday. So if you have that scheduled in on Tuesday, it's just a more visual representation than 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 a to than than a task list yeah, yeah and it always reminds me of that great uh philosopher dr emmett brown who says marty you're not thinking fourth dimensionally you know <laughs> i think the problem with uh with a task list of tasks it's not it's not on a timeline yeah whereas on a calendar you can see the week ahead of you and you know where everything is wh- when everything is and i think that makes a big difference to the way our brains work agreed Absolutely love that. Yeah, I love having this spreadsheet that shows me like roughly what I'm doing every day this week. It just makes me feel a bit more in control. That's all. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. Shall we jump on to creators then? Let's do it. So creators of the week. Uh, uh, why don't you go this time, Jacob? You know, first last time. Jump all into right. it. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, I'm going to recycle old content. Uh, my creator of the week is Tiago Forte. <laughs> yeah, so he's um, he's the guy behind <laughs> nice. building a second brain. I feel like I've already said most of this now, but I'm going to go into him a little bit further because actually um, putting aside the, the second brain stuff, um, I think that what the way that he runs his business is brilliant. Um, so he has gone, rather than trying to do many, many things and become known for many, many things, he has totally focused on this for, it must be years. Um, and he, that is, he is the second brain guy, you know, you get some of these people, there's a, there's a notion guy you know, and everyone just knows him as the notion guy because all he does is make notion templates and they're wonderful. Well, Tiago's the second brain guy. So he has went deep on this and his sort of mix of, I mean, it's a classic sort of mix of channels for a creator, I guess. Like he's big on Twitter. He then pushes people to YouTube and his podcast. He's got a really good sort of um, course style podcast where you kind of start at the beginning and you go all the way through and it just explains the concepts, you know, with all the benefits of a podcast in your car and when you're cleaning, whatever. 
Um, but his, um, I thought his funnel was fantastic as well. And the way that he was acquiring customers, it's actually really similar to, um, a lot of the things that we're working on just now. So there was some cool little bits of inspiration in there. So he, um, he catches people with all this, all this free content on, on Twitter, on YouTube, on his blog, then offers them a free email course. And it's, it's a, it's a either a five or seven day kind of deal. Um, I might actually be there on the, on the homepage. Yeah. Um, and you get him in there and then he will talk you through and explain like the sort of fundamentals, um, and cover, like, I expect it to be very, these, this, this is how exactly how a second brain works. And this is, um, you know, the surface level of, of, of all of the different parts, but it was actually more, um, finding a good fit. Uh, helping you understand what your problem is, which is classic sort of top of funnel stuff, I guess, okay. actually, <laughs> when you, when you put it that way. Um, so that was wonderful. And then from then he has uh, a pretty expensive cohort based workshop, but he's, I think he's on like the 14th or 15th now, and that seems to be going really well for him. Um, and I don't know if he has anything That's after an, that, like actually. A- that's like a live talk thing, is it? Like he actually yeah. teaches people. Yeah, but this is the other thing. So he's been running this for um, a few years now, I think. And he is, from my understanding, is that he's he's built a bit of a team around it and he doesn't even really need to be there. He he has reached the um the, the creator nirvana. <laughs> you know, he's got this kind of <laughs> yeah. this this <laughs> thing that he's created that is his own, it's it's his IP, it's his idea, and he's taught it to a bunch of people and they're just running the business for him. Um and yeah. <laughs> so very very inspirational classic creator, I think. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Did he invent the power method or is this just something he's kind of championed? My understanding is yes. Yes. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to stick with it. Um, he has. Like, I think I think even the term kind of second <laughs> yeah. brain, he's sort of minted. It's maybe been, you know, something that people have kind of used, but he's really grabbed a hold of it, given it meaning. And um, I think the power method is his as well. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Have you read or watched much of his stuff, Ian? So I haven't, I know he's got a book on, on called The Second Brain or, or something like that, but I haven't read that, but I've I've watched a lot of his YouTube videos, uh, read a lot of his blog posts. Uh, he's just a really, he's just like a really nice guy. Um, and he's not, he doesn't like, in one sense, like there is a methodology, there is a method, there is a process, but he's he doesn't seem to be saying, to me at least, this is what you have to do. And if you don't do it this way, you're going to fail. He's not like that. It, you can take, get inspiration from him. And I really, I really like that. I, lo- I love, I mean, I, this sounds like such a boring YouTube video, but I actually really enjoyed it. It, it was how to manage your email. Like why would I watch something on that? But at the end of it, it's helped me so much with my, with my Gmail and keeping it all um, organized. And I didn't do exactly what he said, but I, I did a lot of it. Um, so yeah, lo- I love his content. Great yeah, guy. That's cool. Great stuff. I had only heard of him briefly a while back because he wrote a few things for Every. Do you know Every dot so? I think they're called. They're uh, hey. don't even know what they're called really. A newsletter organization, yeah. but with loads of writers. Kind of business strategy they started out in, but they had to it's Tiago a premium wrote a few things for them. So newsletter, kind of isn't it? There. It's like a sort of paid subscription yes. kind of deal. Yeah. 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 Yeah, like a hundred a month or something like a hundred a year, sorry, or something yeah. like that. Um, so yeah, yeah, I came across a couple of things. That's yeah. cool. All right, good one. I agree. By the way, he's a very nice guy, and I think that um, <laughs> it's not really something that can be taught, but it goes a long way in in doing what he does. I think it can be quite dry. It could yeah. be really dull. You could imagine someone else who isn't Tiago trying to yeah. trying to teach you how to hack your brain, and you'd fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah when you get it's brutal get teaching, it's yeah productivity or <laughs> yeah. yeah you need something more than just the content <laughs> for sure cool all right who have you got for us ian so i was thinking about this so it's it's kind of what it is a creator but it's also a community behind the creator if i'm allowed that mm-hmm. um, because yeah. one thing that i've i've kind of realized over the last three or four years is actually although i would classify myself as an introvert i love working i do some of my best work on my own i kind of realized how much i really find you know having people around me in the in 
inspiring and encouragement and collaboration, how important that is. And I think that's the case for most of us, much more than we're probably aware of. And so Mark Schaefer um, is he's a friend of mine, but he's also he's a very um, well-known marketer um, and speaker, international speaker. And I've known him for many years. I've always been inspired by him, by his just his, his he's such a prolific blogger and such a good teacher he blew my mind when i first started in in the blogging and social media and content creation world back in 2012 i went to saw him speak but um his big thing at the moment is community and so he has a community called the rise community it is um it is a paid community but the thing i love about it is it's a really I was going to say a safe space, but it's a kind of really, it's a place where you can share ideas, ask questions and not feel like an idiot. Um, And uh, I've I've just been so encouraged uh, being part of that community. Um, I wrote, partly wrote a book. So there was, it was about 30 of us, 30 authors who were from that community and we all contributed a, a chapter um, and I, I've always wanted to write a book, but I just knew it was going to be a huge amount of work. So I just thought I'd never going to do it. But through in that community, we did it together. And uh, there was an order. It was on Audible as well. There was a Metaverse um, meetup. Uh, I've, I'd heard a lot about the Metaverse, but I'd never kind of experienced it. So that was another opportunity. Um, uh, there's a there's a whole place um, we learn about AI, and so one of the tools I was going to talk about, I was thinking about talking about, was ChatGPT, and that's allowed me to really focus in on some of the new projects I'm working on. And I think really what I've been encouraged to do more more than anything as being part of that community is to follow my curiosity, and I it's, I've kind of looked back on my my business and my career and the. The moments when I've been the most successful is not when I've actually followed a strategy. You know, if I listen to what a lot of my peers have been telling me, they said, Ian, you need to have a strategy. You need to be more focused. And I found actually when I did that, it kind of stopped me from falling and and, and going down the rabbit hole and, and looking at stuff that I find fascinating. And that community just really piques my interest you know the things we talk about and the encouragement that i get from it so yeah um i i think we more than ever we need to have a community of people around us who are encouragers um but also we need to be somebody smart once said if you're the smartest person in the room you're in the wrong room <laughs> and i i definitely feel i'm definitely not the smartest person in the rise community <laughs> there are some incredibly smart people in there and i've learned so much from being in that community so yeah that's mark schaefer's rise community that's really cool that's um that's great i love uh, blast from the past really i think i'm i didn't see him as early as you did i think i saw him speak in 2015 16 ish mm-hmm. um but it was one of the best speakers i'd seen at that point like it was just so polished so good so engaging yeah so kind of mix of um, humor, uh, sort of authority and, and actual yeah. value, like real practical stuff. You know, you get a lot of really engaging speakers, but they actually just, when you dig into it, there's not actually that much detail. Yeah. It's just inspiration. Mm-hmm. But he just actually had tons of value at the same time. So good. Um, I asked him I asked him at the time, uh, what's your tip on becoming a speaker as good as you? And he said, do the same talk again and again and again, and again, and again. <laughs> Stop making up new talks, <laughs> which I thought was great advice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. That's really cool. All right, Rise Community. Any comments on that one, Jacob, before we move on to the next one? Well, uh, one, one question. Do you think that because it's a premium community, that's what makes it such a good space to be in? Well, it's interesting, but it wasn't uh, a premium community. It's it's moving towards that, so it um, it was it was completely free, but it did have a VIP section which I joined, um, and I think it's moving towards being completely a v- kind of completely paid. And I think I think you're right. I th- well, I think I think if something is if you're not paying for to to be part of the community, then the temptation is to to 
to forget about it and to do to mm-hmm. be involved with other things. And uh, if you're paying for it, then um, you kind of have to make it worth your while. Otherwise, what's the point in paying the money? And it's not ex- it's not expensive. I think it's. I mean, it. I, I can't remember how much it's, but probably about like two hundred and fifty pounds, two hundred fifty dollars. So sorry, per year. So it's not like mega expensive, but um, that I think that does it probably attracts the um or it, put it this way it repels the time wasters yeah it attracts the right kind of people um perhaps so i think i think there's some truth in that it's not to say that free communities can't work well um mm. it, at the end of the day communities only work well if you have the right people and it's managed well as well um i i think the manage the management side of things is really important you do need to have good moderators good organizers um and i i I, I've been in some communities where they've just frizzled out because uh, it, they've not been managed well. Yeah. Um, but they, yeah, attracting the right people matters. And I think if it's paid, you're going to probably repel the time wasters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of yeah, sense. That's great. I think, yeah. I think you're absolutely right. We need, we need other people around, don't we? And I'm the same. I'm like, I get kind of exhausted within hours of being around people, but I love it. I get energized for a while and then I have to go and lie down in a dark room for a while. But then it's like <laughs> a good type yeah. of, a good type of exhausted. <laughs> it's getting that balance. And I, I, I still to this day don't know what that balance is yeah. I, I, mm-hmm. yeah. because it's like when I've been to social media marketing world, for example, that big conference in, in San Diego, which I went to you know quite a few times, you know, you think as an introvert, that would be the worst possible way. But I, I found myself like for three solid days just being around people. And I think what it was, it's if you're around the right kind of people where you you can just, you know, go in deep, talk about really cool things, then then I think I, I think that's great. But I have to admit, when I got home, I did have to lie in a darkened room for a few days. Um, but equally I was kind of energized as well. So it's 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 getting that balance. And I, I really don't know what it is. I don't know what the balance is. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. As long as the people are into the same stuff as you, then you can have those deep conversations. You can get really into it. That's that's what, yeah, that's what counts. Yeah. All right. Uh, right, so my one for this week. Have you guys heard of uh, Rob Walling at all? Mm-hmm. Of no. uh, startups and the rest of his fame? This is a leading question because I saw that book on your desk earlier on, Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's a um, he's so, a very cool guy. Yeah. To put it lightly, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, you haven't, though, Ian. I don't. Well, I don't think so. Cool. But okay. um, do do go on because I I'll tell you, you might, about that. You might remind me. Yeah, yeah. So he runs a show called Startups for the Rest of Us. He runs a conference called um, MicroConf, uh, an investment company called Tiny Seed. Uh, and basically he started out in software development. He, uh, created, he was an email. Um, I think it was drip. Was it drip? drip. Would you know yeah. what? I can't remember exactly. It which was. Com- was it drip? Yeah. yeah. He started drip, which was an email marketing company, but over by lead pages, I believe. Was that right? Oh, yeah. I think so. Uh, and then came out of that and then became an investor in other tech companies. But throughout that whole journey, um, for 13 years, or at least for most of that journey, he's been making a podcast and putting content out in the world and writing as well. Um, his podcast is just ridiculous. Like it's uh, 700 episodes long. It's 13 years in duration. Uh, so it's like a weekly podcast basically for, yeah, that entire time. And it's on 15 million plus downloads. So like that averages out at about 21k per episode. I, I was working it earlier. Uh, but I mean, that means that the newer episodes are probably higher than that by a fair shot. So he's probably on like 50k downloads per episode with this show which is mental with any podcast. Um, So yeah, especially one about something as relatively niche as like running a startup. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, it's just, it's a testament to his consistency. So I just wanted to share it because he's like, I think he's got so much, so much you can learn from him around firstly that consistency, the fact that he's grown to those kind of numbers in a a relatively niche place um, through just doing it for ages, learning his craft, honing his craft. Um, And the fact that he's pivoted quite a few times too, the show was early on, it was him and a, a Mike and a co-host called Mike Tabor. The two of them basically just came on. It was a kind of classic uh, startup business type show format where they just came on and told each other their problems and tried to help each other out. And 
as a listener, you just identify with the stuff they were talking about and learn a bit from the struggles they were going through and even just identify with it and have a bit of camaraderie yeah. in the, <laughs> the things that were going wrong. Um, but Mike dropped out of it at a certain point and, uh, and Rob took it over just by himself. And nowadays he, and he pivoted just the show really well when he did that, because that would often be the death of a podcast, but he just took it on. He started doing a few different formats. He started doing, um, solo shows which a lot of people are terrified of but they do quite well like he, do, he calls them solo adventures and they're often just rants about stuff uh, which is quite <laughs> cool so so that's one kind of format he's stuck to uh, he also gets regular guests on something i really like is the fact that he has regular guests i'd like to do that with this show is have people that come back so that people you know listeners people out there listening they don't just know jacob and i who are on just about every show but you ian you might be on another show in a month or three months or something and they recognize these voices that come back I think that's really powerful in a show. And Rob does that all the time. He invites people back on a regular basis and they do Q&As, listener Q&As with those guests. Uh, and he does fit in a few interviews too. But those interviews, key thing is, those interviews are really well managed. Um, I went on the show maybe a couple of years ago and the prep he does for it is way beyond what a normal interview show does. Like he'll ask lots of questions ahead of time. He'll dig into what your kind of big wins and problems have been. And he'll, he'll find out a few good stories before you go on the show, which is always a really good thing to do if you run an interview show. So he puts more work into an interview um, than he would, than you normally see on any other show. So um, it's really good. And even besides that, he's a, he's an author. He sells, um, he sells books. He's got a YouTube channel where he, kind of takes the stuff that he talks about on the podcast and turns it into more short form, highly produced content. So it's it's a nice compliment. He's not just reposting the podcast episodes. He's taking those concepts and highly producing them into a five, six, seven minute clip about something specific in there. So the repurposing even is quite smart. It's not just kind of copy and paste from one place to another. So I think Rob does a great job. I think he's built a huge community around him. The microconf community is, like talking to communities, Ian, the microconf community is a huge one, really valuable for anyone who mm. runs a company as well. So yeah, I think he's a really good example out there. Um, what's your experience of him, uh, Jacob? How have you come across his stuff? Um, you introduced me to microconf um, pretty early oh, on cool. when I started working with you. So that's kind of how I found him. I, I um I lurked a lot in microconf and asked a few questions here and there, but I felt like I got quite a lot out of it. So just kind of, I, I ended up watching a lot of their uh, YouTube videos um, for a start. And then I think that's actually probably how I found out who Rob was um, more than through the community. Yeah. Um, yeah I, I worked backwards. I started with the community and then went to Facebook and then went to, uh, <laughs> went to YouTube and then went to, to Rob. Yeah. Um, but yeah, loads of like, just, I, I yeah, really he, liked he the content. Like yeah. yeah yeah that's cool yeah he doesn't he's not kind of face forward in the community too much like he, he no. appears every now and again but he's not yeah. like the leader or anything like that it's very yeah. flat almost the community yeah really cool. i really like it yeah did, did it ring a bell ian or is it uh is that new to you yeah no it is uh another one to add to my my list <laughs> ever growing list of podcasts yeah. <laughs> good stuff okay cool all right shall we go into project of the week what we've been working on this week something to learn from uh ian do you want to go for it what have you been working on ah uh, well I, I you know speaking of those rabbit holes i've been mm -hmm. going this so i i'm sure like you uh you know we we all have these creative ideas and i just feel at the moment it's a great time to be alive if you have these really cool ideas um i i've been wanting to create these uh, resources on my website that help people um build their own studio you know particularly live video studios and i had this vision in my in my brain of how it was going to work and i have some development skills you know when it comes to building websites but a lot of these things end up being, you know, really complicated. But enter AI and ChatGPT, and it's it's just amazing. So, like, I've been asking ChatGPT to help me code this new thing. And, yes, it gets it wrong a lot of the time, but it gets it things right. Um, and it's just a, like a little mini geeky adventure. So I've been, um, yeah, just been building a, a system that will... Um, so this is so geeky, but just, I mean, I think I'm allowed That's to share some geeky things. Get into it, yeah. <laughs> like, I've got a Google Sheet and I've got a list of 
tools in there, their, in their features and their prices. Um, and my the idea is my assistant is going to be able to go and check the prices every so often, keep that up to date. That's great, but what about my website? I've got all these blog posts talking about these various tools and they all need update, updating every time. So the, the idea is that I built this plugin for my WordPress website, which grabs all the information from the Google Sheet and updates all the data on my website. So I don't have to update, I don't have to go through all these things. And it enables me to build uh, like a system where people can find the best tool for them. So I had this kind of creative idea. And I thought, oh, that's a really good idea. But it like five years ago, I'd have to like probably pay a developer like 10 grand. Yeah. But with this, I can build it myself. And, and actually, it's really good fun at the same time. So I'm having loads of fun with that. And the idea is uh, that we're going to have a like a couple of services, a couple of products on the website that um, will also generate some income as well. So yeah, AI is fun. It's it's a great thing. <laughs> yeah, Jacob hates AI. He's not oh, using it at I, all. No, so. not at all. <laughs> not oh, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I did exactly the same thing, Ian. I um I had this idea for. Uh, a little tool that will help people plan their podcast. Now, like you, I have enough dev experience, enough technical experience to be dangerous, essentially. Like, um, I did some web development yeah, for a yeah. while. I, I, did, even, I even did it as a, as a, as a freelance thing. Um, in fact, that's how I met Colin. Um, I knew enough to be dangerous and get some clients. Um, and I just kind of took that and went to ChatGPT and literally just gave it like a, a, a fairly, um, uh, fairly well thought out prompt at the time it was more necessary they've kind of fine-tuned it now and it's really good at giving you sort of step-by-step stuff but at that point um i had to just kind of tell this is how i want you i want you to be my partner on this venture and i want you to um be uh an expert in this that and the other and you know all the rest of it and it just i got it to break down step by step what i was going to need to do what sort of technology i was going to need and then break down what are the sort of functions that I'm going to require and just started filling in the blanks. And it was wonderful. Like really, like you say, like it gets things wrong, but it gets things right in a much more impressive way than it fails. If you know what I mean? Like it's just, yeah, it's wonderful. And yeah, like I think most of the, um, most of the time was probably spent on just trying to find little bugs and stuff like that. And, but yeah, it really, really great. I, I wouldn't have been able to, um, and the amount of time that I spent on it, I would never been able to do that without it. It was, uh, yeah, very cool. Yeah, that's really cool. That's yeah. I've been playing around with that a lot, obviously as well. But yeah, but my most geeky version of it, Ian, has been that um, Matthew and I have recorded <clears throat> a, a podcast where we used Chat GPT as a dungeon master to run a fantasy campaign for us <laughs> live on on the mics. We've been making it up as we went along. We uh, we did about five episodes of it, and uh, it's paused for the moment. But I'd like to get back into it. It was great fun. <laughs> So, it's yeah, just it's, it's just good. a great way you know we've, we've got all these creative ideas like i i mean this is this is like not a business thing at all but like i remember um i one of my first computers was the zx spectrum and there was this game it was a text adventure game based on the hobbit and it was really cutting edge at the time and it just like really blew my mind it's a fantastic and, game like i could use chat gpt yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah and i i I asked ChatGPT to help me build a text adventure game, and yeah. like it, 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 I just, it was just, it was a great way to actually help me code better and to understand things. So like, I had yeah. to think, well, how do we, get, how do we store all the characters? How do we store all the items that are in each room? They have to be kind of in each room, and and each character, like Gandalf, when when Bilbo goes to the next room, like well. Gandalf needs to follow that. So I need to have code that updates that. And then how do we deal with like enemies who come and, and picking up? I, I'm not going to go into all the pictures, but it was just really, I'm such a geek, but I just really enjoyed it. It was, and then I, I used mid journey to create some images as well. And yeah, yeah, I probably spent a bit too much time on that, but you know, sometimes hey, you, you have you, fun. Yeah. You got <laughs> <fun with> it. <laughs> no, you're absolutely, yeah, I'm using it most as a teacher. It's that's the thing. It's like it's just teaching me so much. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Because yeah. it never gets it never gets bored. And so like I was using with my daughter, so she was doing she was struggling a little bit with physics, uh, physics homework. And like, I I did A level physics, but it was a long time ago. And we're looking at electronics and there's a few things that I'd forgotten. 
and she was struggling to kind of understand what the, the, the teacher had said. So I said, well, let's like use chat GPT together. So I got my phone and you can actually talk to it now on the phone. And so we just said, like, can you explain like how a circuit works and how how a resistor works uh, in simple terms? Can you use analogies? And then it came up with this analogy and they said, oh, that's great. But can you explain that in a slightly different way? And it was, and by the end of it, we're just like both our minds were blown because we it we suddenly understood, you know, electronics yeah. in this case, electronic circuits in this in this way that we never understood before because it was like this perfect teacher who never yeah. got bored and and just was always willing to help. You can yeah. just keep infinitely patient, and they don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's really yeah, cool. That's nice. so cool. All right, that was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, what about you, Jacob? What have you got for this week? Oh, um, I was going to do something else, but yesterday I had some accidental success with an email. Um, so we just released relatively recently a new book called Finally Start Your Podcast. You'll find it on our website. Um, and I really wanted to get some reviews for it just to have on the Gumroad page and to include in some of the, uh, some of the copy that I was writing. So what I did was write up a wee email to, um, to our list and offered to give away 25 copies in exchange for a review. Simple as that. Um, wrote a little bit of copy around it. Still kind of sold the book because my idea was over time, you know, over the next few days, all these will go. Uh, and, you know, I might as well just still kind of sell the idea of the book while I'm there and put in a link so that they can go and get it when the free copies run out. But I sent this email and like a fraction of the emails I'd sent and within 10 minutes it completely sold out which was wonderful. Uh, I say sold out, given them all away, the 25 free copies. The free ones, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I really quickly followed that up and it got a little bit messy because some people got the emails in the wrong way around, but it kind of worked out. Um, so I, I quickly wrote a follow-up email to that saying, really didn't expect that, but they're all gone. I'm very sorry. Um, however, uh, here's 50% off to buy the book yourself and in the end and i hadn't really been planning on doing that at all it just went so quickly um so i sent that email with a 50 percent off and um we've sold like i don't know well a lot more than we gave away for free at this point so very successful but didn't expect it to be it's not really what i went in there trying to do <laughs> but yeah unexpected sales are always good sales it's nice yeah some good yeah. opportunistic selling yeah. it's good it's the kind of I, I did think no one no one reacted badly to it at all did to jacob but i did think that's the kind of thing that if i saw i'd be like is that was that deliberate they like didn't have any free ones yeah. and they were just waiting with the button to go for a <laughs> yeah. follow up. i was oh, i was careful i didn't like, get getting a free one but just... <laughs> to show i mean you could yeah, possibly, but like yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, but that's cool. Yeah. It kind of reminded us, didn't it, that we need to actually just sell stuff more often. We're so bad yeah. at that as creators often. <laughs> Do yeah. you find that, Ian? <laughs> yeah. It's funny. Like, I, when I was a student, I worked in a music shop um, and we were selling like, in musical instruments. And I was, like, I was amazing at selling digital pianos. I was like their best salesman, despite oh, being nice. kind of uh, part time. Yeah. But I think I found it really easy selling other people's stuff when it's my own stuff. Like, I don't know. It, it's, and it's weird because like, I'm sure you, you were the same. Like when you, you spend so much time, blood, sweat and tears creating the stuff. I think it's the whole, just, it's talking about your own stuff and it, it, it just, sometimes it's really, it's really hard, but I think I've got better at it. Um, but it, it's, it's, yeah. It, it's a tough one, I think. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it just feels really cringy, doesn't it? It's like, I don't want to yeah. sell. I'm just making stuff. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know. You don't yeah, feel like I you've know, got permission. But, you yeah. Don't feel but entitled at the end of the day, we're... Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Cool. All right. My one is, I've d I just had a wee fun one this week, actually. I've been working on a, a bunch of different things, but the thing that popped to mind was, um, I've just got this... I, I've got it in my head that 2024 needs to be a year of much more creating for me. I didn't make mm -hmm. enough stuff last year. I want to just make more things this year um, and be a more prolific creator, I guess. Um, mm -hmm. But I want to make more fun things as well. Uh, and one of the ideas is I'd really like to have the, again, talking back to time blocking kind of actually, is the reason, excuse, whatever you want to call it, to actually make something with my kids every week. And this is kind of, I'm kind of, 
I'm trying to think how to do this because I don't want to put them out there on the internet, but I want to make something with them. So I'm trying to think how to do it. And it came to me that I could do something around, well, a podcast. I think a podcast is okay. I don't mean voice has been out there, but it's not video. And I want to make something kind of video related as well. So I came across all these tools where you can actually record in VR with avatars and stuff like that, or all the streaming tools that actually let you put a 2D avatar onto whoever's streaming as well. So I've got this concept now of recording something related to board games or video games, which me and the kids play a lot. Um, I've dragged them into the geeky world of uh, board games in particular. So I think we could record something quite regular on that. Uh, And maybe even in VR, because there's a couple of really good little VR tools that let you play board games in a VR world, but with your avatars. So there's something brewing in my head around all these tools that I've found over the last week or so that let you have a kind of digital presence, but not necessarily put yourself out there into the world or certainly keep my kids from being you know face forward in the world that kind of thing i don't i don't want that to happen i'm I'm still actually slightly concerned about even having their voices out there but i'm still thinking Mm -hmm. it through but um yeah i'd love i'd love the excuse or the reason to make something with them every Mm -hmm. week and just Mm -hmm. have that out there in the world so yeah that's cool have you guys ever come across any of those kind of things no yeah i've i've I've, I've seen ones sorry (laughs) see i've seen ones that uh that are not live yeah. Um, that, you know that you just but i but yeah it's it's really it is really cool um i've used tools like descript which you can overdub your voice and things yeah, like that yeah, but yeah. but yeah i think the ai is going to get only get more powerful when it comes to these kind of things and i think that's a really really good utilization of the tool i've i've, I've always been a little bit kind of dubious about the use of using avatars because i i think i'm always in favor of the authenticity of, of actually seeing the real person. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I think when it comes to, you know, if you want your kids and you're not, if you want to do something really creative with your kids and you're not wanting to put them publicly on, on the internet, I totally get that. Then that's, that's great. I I, I just love that idea, Colin, because it's, you know, you, you're clearly, you know, you're having fun with your kids, you've been creative and in a sense you're teaching them as well, but this enables you to do it in a way that still ensures that, you know, the privacy as well. Yeah. So that's really cool. Yeah. Nice. What were you going to say, Jacob? Yeah, uh, <clears throat> I, I've just never heard of that at all. I thought that was, um, yeah, it's really interesting. Uh, nice. Do you know, I've not even dipped my toes into VR. Um, and for someone that's really, really, really nerdy around with these things normally, I don't know why I haven't. It just seems like a whole thing that I could yeah. get lost in for weeks. <laughs> and also there's yeah. a bit of a barrier to entry as well, isn't there? It's kind of expensive for a lot of the headsets. So yeah. yeah. But is, yeah. yeah, I think that's a really innovative yeah. solution. I quite like that. Nice. Cool. All right. Let's tie up there then. That's another episode of the Creator Toolbox. Thanks for coming on, Ian. You've been our uh, our first guest and our best guest so far. Absolutely. <laughs> so far. So, yeah. The buys downhill from now. <laughs> 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 no, I really appreciate your time, Ian, um, and some great tips there as well. Uh, where's the best place for people to, we've talked about your work a bit at the start, but where's the one best place to send them if uh, people want to find out more about you? Yeah, probably probably my website, iag.me. Um, yeah, yeah check out there and links to all my socials. I'm, I'm spending a lot of time, a lot more time this year on LinkedIn, okay. which I never thought yeah. I'd say, but that's, that's the place I'm going to be investing in a lot more this year. So, excellent. Yeah good stuff well thanks again for coming on and thanks again for listening out there hope you got some good tips out of this we'll see you next week on another episode of the creator toolbox bye bye